0: Someone was out there throwing a spear last weekend. What did you do? Today's show is sponsored by our friends at Spartan Race. And yes, throwing a spear is part of it. There's a lot of other things going on there in the race as well. Make a public commitment. Put a date on the calendar. Let's do a Spartan Race together. Use code SpartanDad. That's code SpartanDad. You'll get 25% off any race. For those wanting to race in Nashville, I have a way you can get your whole race paid for. Reach out to me. Check out Spartan Race. Use code SpartanDad. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. If you are a store, you're a group, you're a blog, you're a podcast, you're a distillery, whatever it is, you need laser-edged glassware at wholesale prices. Reach out to me. I'd be happy to get you in touch with the whole family behind distilleryproducts.com doing amazing things. We use them. You should too at distilleryproducts.com today's show is also sponsored by our friends at orca coolers whether it's the chaser the traveler the camper the barrels the roto molded coolers be the coolest dad this summer at the pool at the beach camping whatever it is you're doing at orcacoolers.com use code DadSeason for 20% off your order that's code dad season for 20% off your order and make sure you check out coming this summer they're going to have their 10th anniversary cooler. it's going to be pretty cool and then you can laser on that chaser teeny you can put logos on there custom stuff it's going to be really cool use code dad season for 20 percent off at com. i promise you i'm going to do better i'm drinking an energy drink so go ahead and tell me what you got and hopefully i'll wake up
1: man how about them gold state warriors
0: all right show's over y'all yeah. my name is john edwards with me as always is zeke baker but together we make the Dad drink of bourbon wherever you are whatever time it is thank you for making us part of your day zeke you don't know this because you don't pay attention but i still have not released the episode that we recorded while we were watching the game together last week i think i'm gonna do a two for so this will be funny like the first one will be watching the game and the second one this one could be you then giving me hell after
1: sounds like a good plan and i mean i do listen to most of them but i i guess like most anything else i just kind of binge it like i have a moment where i'm like man i hadn't heard any of our shows in a while like i wonder how shitty they are <laughs> <laughs> so i'll just sit there one day whenever I'm at work play through like three or four of them and uh, get a full dose and then just kind of drift off on something else for a while
0: my voice puts you to sleep is what you're saying
1: no you know it's like if i get in that mood or zone i'll kind of go through it and just let him play for a while and then i'm good with it for a while you know back and forth what was not too back and forth was that series especially the second half of
0: it i don't want to talk about how tatum just needs to sit on the bench like he just whined his legs stopped working i yeah i know he played a lot of minutes but there were some air balls towards the end of games and just he didn't play tough Golden State just out-toughed the Celtics. They were tougher. They were stronger mentally and physically. They deserved to win. The Celtics were trying to flop, and they were complaining to the refs, and they were doing all sorts of stuff instead of playing the other team. You can't be playing the refs. you got to play the other team. I mean, it's like my kid, right? My kid gives me excuses, and I say, are you going to own your own behavior, or are you going to give me an excuse? That was the Celtics. They didn't own their own behavior. Well, and
1: I mean, I thought equally. Uh, you know, I guess as far as what really changed in the series was that you know Golden State had the non big names show up. I mean that that's what got him there. That was it Williams Williams or Williams son. That guy that was you know paying you know, forward or center some. I mean, he started getting you know, one game. He had like what seventeen rebounds or some obnoxious shit. I mean, he stepped up. Um, that other young kid started shooting the ball well. Stepped up. I mean, I think empirically if we heard oh yeah golden state won it all again oh man i bet steph and clay must have just shot lights out actually no (laughs) they won a game to where steph's record was broken for not hitting a three in a playoff game i mean was it like 140 or 50 games or some just complete off the wall number
0: it was something crazy like that but it was also you know i think horford Stepped up for the Celtics, but you didn't see the other players really doing a lot out there.
1: And I really thought he would run out of gas. I mean, he he's no spring chicken anymore. I know it was his you know first time in the finals, and Lord knows I'm sure everybody wants to get there their whole career. But yeah, I was I was surprised for the uh, the, the old man kept going as hard as he did that whole series.
0: I mean, he wanted it. He wanted it bad. Smart and Williams and Tatum, you know, they just were not there like Horford for the yeah, Celtics. If, the if rest of have played the...
1: as hard as he did, that would have been much different.
0: Yeah, 100%. Which, which,
1: which I don't keep up enough from the regular season to really know, but I mean, I do remember, you know, a few years back when Golden State set the record, you know, for wins or tried to, and you know, outdo that, you know, amazing Epic Bulls team. And afterwards, you know, when they lost the finals that year, Kerr was like, all right, F this. Yeah, it's a cool record or whatever it would be, but our guys need to rest because winning the championship is more important than, uh, you know, this one loss record thing
0: and if you think about it horford's 36 rest of the team for the celtics marcus smart is 28 jason tatum is 24 but that's the thing i mean he's on the celtics but you can't trust a duke guy that's all i'll tell you (laughs) like you can't trust anybody coming from duke i've told you this before the only one i quasi like probably that i i kind of like jj reddick i kind of always
1: but he, made, he turned the corner late. I mean, he's one of those guys that, I mean, I honestly thought he was out of the league, and then you see him pop up again. It's like, oh, that dude's playing? Okay. And he had a few good years in there, too.
0: I think, like, as a Kentucky grad and fan, J.J. Reddick is, you know, and, and also someone who came from Boston, J.J. Reddick's my Derek Jeter. You know, he's the one that I kind of look like, oh, yeah, you know, I would have been fine with him on my team. <laughs> but the rest of the folks, right, like, Williams is 23 Robert Williams the center is 24 Grant Williams the power forward is 23 from Tennessee so like there's some really good a, a couple of Vandy people on the team which I find funny um you know who's on the Celtics the woman on the news Tracy Cornett she's on channel oh, four news
1: about the sun that's like 16 or whatever
0: yeah he's on the Celtics Luke Cornett he went to Vanderbilt but he's on the the Celtics <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> so fun little inside trivia for you Nashville For our Nashville contingent that is listening, but uh I really wanted to see something happen here. It didn't and then you look at the salaries. I just want to mention this for a sec. I I know I'm focusing on the Celtics, but that's what I know better. Jalen Brown makes twenty six thousand dollars or sorry. Jalen Brown makes $26.7 million a year. Al Horford makes $27 million a year. Marcus Smart makes $14 million a year. Jason Tatum makes $28 million a year. Derek White makes $15 million a year. You paid all those people. Poor Luke Cornett, Tracy Cornett's son, only makes $565,000, but only... I mean, Only? I would get $565,000 to be a practice player of the NBA too, or, or get a minute a game or whatever it is like, sign me up out of all those people, Tatum makes the most. And he did not play like a man that makes $28 million a year. I don't know what to tell you.
1: I mean, I, I really thought that was the biggest difference was those guys from the bench and the the non big name guys for, for golden state that man, like They carried it through and uh, did Steph get the MVP for the series? I think he did, right?
0: Yeah, he did.
1: Because I remember seeing that and thinking like, ah, I guess it would have been tough to give it to one other people. But I mean, I didn't think he played at that kind of caliber, at least for what he could do. You know what I mean? And maybe that's the a wrong way to look at it, but I feel like at this point he's got the reputation. And when you think of, you know, his, his name being out there, those weren't necessarily MVP caliber numbers for for him by any means, especially when he had that series where he couldn't even hit three. Or not series, but game, but you know what I
0: mean. I agree. I could sit here and talk about it the whole time, but I it amazes me the NBA salaries. Cause you know what the NFL players get, you know what their bodies go through. I mean, baseball players get paid. Ridiculous. I was going to
1: say, if we're going to pick on salaries, which we shouldn't, but baseball can GFY all over itself.
0: But it still just amazes me that the, the two most contact sports out of the big four, if you're talking about hockey and you're talking about football, the player salaries are less than basketball and baseball.
1: It's all in the amount of games. Which, I mean, what are football players going to do? They can't play more than, I mean, I wouldn't want to play more than a game a week. Jesus. You know, you can only charge so much a ticket, have arena that holds so many people, and sell so many beers and t-shirts and shit.
0: You just brought up something. I know this is turning into like a sports radio show, but you just (laughs) brought up something that I didn't even think of before. The amount of games. So, of course, they get paid. All right. Yeah. They get paid more because the amount of games.
1: Yeah. They can fill the arena or the stadium or somebody's stadium four or five nights a week. NFL, you're getting once a week Cops, You're right. And hockey, I think is more frequent, but it's still not as popular. So, you know, there you go
0: well Zeke we could talk sports all day I know because I used to do a sports radio show so it's best to get me to stop going I think we should mention before we get into this Penelope the other night I actually went to Frugal McDougal and I picked up our collab this was a blend that you and Wes did together I did not make it up that night so this is just Zeke and Wes but if you know our Blue Note blends it is a solid one I had it tonight it's killer and uh thank you Zeke for doing that. It. What do you have to say about the blend you did with Wes over at Frugal? Well, I haven't
1: had a chance to get one, ironically enough. Uh, I got one shit. before you. I know. First time ever, probably. But I am going tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited to see how it turns out. It's one of those projects to where just try not to overthink it too much and put together quality drinkers. I mean, you dealing with you know younger whiskey and also trying to blend and not get too technical. Like, hey, let's have fun here. I don't. You' don't necessarily need to write down five or six notes about this, but if I can just write down tastes pretty damn good, eh, I'll chalk it up to a win.
0: What was it that Wes said in his comparison?
1: Oh, it's like a Ford Ranger.
0: <laughs> I don't know what that means, but
1: I didn't either, and I didn't want to ask because I was kind of nervous.
0: <laughs> but it is the best tasting note I've ever heard. It's like a Ford Ranger.
1: We'll uh, we'll work on getting an explanation for that uh, down the road. We have to.
0: So tonight we are drinking, I didn't even know, Mike and Danny, that you called this the Founders Reserve, but Mike and Danny from Penelope, it's their 13-year American Light Whiskey. It's a part of their Founders Reserve series. I'm going to give our friends a little hell here. I think you have to look really closely, and on the back, it says Penelope Bourbon's Founders Reserve showcases rare and unique barrels we were fortunate to find. The first release in this series highlights a collection of light whiskey barrels distilled from corn at Seagrams, Indiana in 2008. Aged in second fill oak barrels, this amazing spirit brings out savory vanilla notes with hints of cinnamon and creme brulee. This one comes in at 1284 Proof 64.2 ABV. There are more than one bottle of this because there's things that come in at different proofs and different ABVs, but all oh, 13 is years.
1: Is it is it a hundred percent corn? I thought they were like nine nine one is how they did their life. It
0: is ninety-nine percent corn, one percent malted barley.
1: Okay, okay.
0: And it is eighty dollars. Anything else you want to say about this?
1: I think you covered it pretty well. and I think the front also has Founder's Reserve in the little gold part in the bottom portion of the label. I don't have the bottle in front of me, but you know my mirror. It works does. Good.
0: It does. Look, You're look smart. at this old yeah.
1: boy clicking right along, clicking right along.
0: I feel like he tried to sneak in that Founder's Reserve in there. Got to make it bigger. Let everybody see that it is a special. But you know, why do people have a Founder's Reserve? Let's. I know they're our friends. We're going to call them out a little bit. Founders reserve for most distilleries stands for, we found some really cool shit. It doesn't really fit with anything else we have. So we're putting it in this category called founder's reserve, which is almost like miscellaneous for cool stuff.
1: Well, and also you forgot to mention, like it may not fit in with the portfolio that exists, but it's also too damn good to let the barrels go to waste or pass on them. 100%
0: on that (laughs) and that's what I was saying right like it's cool shit this one is 25 barrels so they basically probably got a phone call that there's 25 barrels worth of really cool stuff would they like to try it and see if they like it and I think every time we've had light whiskey we've always enjoyed it and I I like light whiskey that's higher proof right there's some lower proof light whiskeys out there I think that's trying to catch some wine people and bring them over to bourbon but I always enjoyed that light whiskey could be a higher proof whiskey that you wouldn't notice is higher proof.
1: I think too the biggest biggest differentiator would be for me on the light whiskey stuff is that when these older barrels have surfaced and become available or whatnot, to me, I would, I would agree with as most folks have done that it's not worth trying to blend and, and, you know, mix that into, you know, a, a small batch because once they, you know, get 10, 11, 12 years on them, they actually have, you know, a little more character, uniqueness, um, complexity versus, you know, a three or four, five year to where I think that can be a great complement and actually shines more in a blend. Uh, so I, I you know totally ag- agree with the thought process here on, you know, these older ones, like, mm, if, if we blend them with anything, let's just do it with, you know, it's a, uh, you know, sister barrels or whatever you <laughs> want to call them, but, you know, not other, uh, mash bills and ages of product.
0: I would agree with that. What did you think about this?
1: Let's see what I wrote down on the old pen and paper here. I put down that it was initially, uh, you know, was a very sweet product again, light whiskey. It should be It kind of reminded me of either, um, like butter toffee or a Heath bar. And then I thought some layers moved in. Uh, there was some heat, some viscosity, some Oak, uh, is it, Came back around the corner. Uh, really had a, a a sweet residue on the back end. Um, I I liked the way it moved around on the palate and the different spots it hit and what it had to offer. And I kind of wrapped up my notes by saying, uh, it, you know, it was almost kind of like a hot toddy ish thing. You know with a little bit of the cinnamon and heat component in there, but then also at times, I mean, it was as sweet as some rums that we've had, you know, here and there. So I, I thought it was. I guess, almost an interesting bridge gap, I guess, so to speak. Because, you know, there are a lot of folks now that have as, uh, you know, bourbon as their first love and they've uh, got rum as the side piece, so to speak. (laughs) Um, I thought this, you know, somehow fit like right in the middle of plenty of of bourbon-ish notes in there. But there was also some rum characteristics. Like, I think that's a a really interesting, happy medium.
0: I would agree with you on that. I got a whole lot of sweetness on this. But the interesting thing is, I could actually get a little bit of the oak and a little bit of the age, which I normally don't get in light whiskey.
1: Yeah. That was the two big things I got was the oak and the viscosity off the top of my head. I didn't remember getting that from any other, uh, you know, light whiskeys we've had off and over the past three or four years,
0: but also the mouthfeel, you know, normally a lot of people look and you said the viscosity, but a lot of people look at the light whiskey and they go, Oh, like This is either going to be scorched earth or it's going to be so sweet. This one had complexity for a light whiskey. And and you talked about it with all the notes that you got. You know me, I really focus on the experience and the mouthfeel part of it. And just am I getting sweet notes? Am I getting a little bit of oak? Am I getting, okay, that stuff's good, but how's the mouthfeel? Is it too thin? Is it too thick? Like this was a really nice middle of the road as far as viscosity goes. It was enough that made you think it was something substantial. But it wasn't too much because I feel like with the higher proof of that light whiskey and the the corn of it, if it's too viscous, it almost gets stuck in your mouth. Hmm. But if it's not viscous enough... You're just getting corn.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it definitely wasn't a one trick pony, um, which like I say is not necessarily a dig on other light whiskeys because sometimes that's all you really want and need out of it. But again, this one on the unique scale for, for the light whiskey offerings, I can recollect us having. It's definitely on the higher end of the spectrum.
0: I would agree with you on that. You know, I'd be interested to see what Penelope is going to go do with that founder series how often is it going to be and i'm sure these are answers that mike and danny don't necessarily know because it depends on what they come across and what's at their door what they're doing in r&d on top of things you know i I think a lot of their finished stuff will go through their architect and that architect they just did a french oak stave in their architect series they have their rosé cask finished they have the toasted they have the private select they have their barrel strength and then they have their 80 proof four grain i'll be interested to see like how the founder series plays into those things and what the next finish will be in architect will it be french oak again will they throw something else in there so it's crazy just a few years ago where penelope just had the four grain and the barrel strength and and originally right they just had the four grain And it was like a kick in their ass to get them to move to barrel strength. And now look at all these different products that are out there and everything they're doing. It's crazy to see how far they've come in such a short amount of time. I
1: mean, I don't see how you're not excited about us doing another blend or blends for the Tennessee markets coming up in the next few weeks. But I don't know. Maybe this late night things are getting to you.
0: No, the late night things are getting to me, but I was building up to it so I wanted to know what you thought about their lineup and then I so in my mind I envisioned that going a completely different way I wanted your comment on their lineup and then I was going to say by the way the jewel of the Penelope lineup is actually a bottle I have right next to me because I've prepared this is the dad Drinking bourbon blend that I'm holding up that you all can't see but Zeke could see in the zoom screen but this is the dad Drinking bourbon Penelope barrel strength Tennessee release this is a limited edition because Mike put an apostrophe in dad's so for those of you that are, are curious uh, dad with an apostrophe s is a possessive so this is dad's drinking bourbon like dad owns this drinking bourbon dad's with no apostrophe is plural because there's two of us so insert the the more you know gif <laughs> I'm thinking more of the guy on the street pointing to his head the crown jewel of the Penelope lineup was a blend, was the dad's drinking bourbon blend. It is going to happen again. So, there are some samples on the way to us, Zeke, for us to do another blend for Penelope.
1: I couldn't be more excited. Always fun to uh, tinker around in the home lab and see what develops.
0: So, at the end of the day, yes, y'all know we're friends with Mike and Danny. Yes, you know we're about to do another blend. But what do you think about this whiskey overall, Zeke? And would you get it? I mean, you said what, 70, 75 bucks was MSRP? 80.
1: $80, Okay. I mean, uh, cash strength whiskey and a- again, light whiskey. Normally, I equate that to non complex, simple profile and thin. And this really didn't have any of those. It was the opposite for most cases. And at 80 bucks, I would tell anyone that, you know, they had it. And especially if they're a bourbon person that, does enjoy rum as a, a a side venture i don't see how this wouldn't be in their wheelhouse completely and i'm pretty sure there's plenty of rums that are in that price range and i'm pretty sure there's plenty of other light whiskies that have come out in the past couple of years at that price point or more i think everything checks out in my world
0: for me if i'm going through the thought process here other light whiskies that have come out that have been around the 50 to 60 range have been a lot younger yeah so say. you know you put the age on this with everything else 80 seems and and i'm trying to show you my work right so i can tell you how i arrive at this conclusion 80 seems low compared to what other people and other brands might put this out at you know i know that that light whiskey for some it's an acquired taste some people love it some people it's hot i mean if you love light whiskey this is a solid price for an aged light whiskey and i think that extra age uh smooths it out a little bit more than what i've had with some other younger light whiskeys That still might be you know like rocket fuel all in all i'd find it you know if, if i found it i'd pick up a bottle Yes, sir. Anything else you want to tell the people? Have a Coke and a smile, and most of all, be yourself. Go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad Drinking Bourbon. Thank you, Penelope, for sending us this bottle. We can't wait to do another blend with you. Please leave us an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us?
1: Good old Nashville, Tennessee. Cheers. Ciao.